Hello, hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the Always 100 Podcast live on Anchor FM. You can find the show on Anchor FM, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free under the name Always 100 Podcasts. My name is Quinn McKenzie, I am the host. And today concludes our installment of the breakdown of each NFL division. And this week, we are spotlighting the NFC and AFC West. And it's going to be a terrific show, and we'll, we'll, we'll get it started right now. Uh, but beforehand, man, it's been a, crazy, been a crazy couple of weeks for sports in the world here. Um Update, my Orioles are still in the playoffs. I mean, we're a game under 500, but we're still in the playoffs. We got a legitimate MVP candidate and Anthony Santander doing great things. He's got about a 18-game hit streak, 19-game hit streak maybe. Uh, I'm not sure if he went 0 for yesterday, but uh, he had an 18-game hit streak. Uh, the Orioles are playing the Rays right now. It's a tough series, but we're right in the playoff race there. Um also, Lucas Giolito threw a no-hitter yesterday, so came home to watch that, and that was terrific. I was really happy for him to do that because that gave him away from for Adam Eaton, and well, I suppose that was good for both sides because Adam Eaton does have a world championship ring to his name, so I guess it can't be all that bad for the Washington Nationals that you traded um, a guy who's now in the conversation for – you know, one of the best young pitchers in baseball threw a no-hitter yesterday. was absolutely terrific. But in return, the Nats got a world championship from their starting outfielder. So uh, that was a trade that was good for both sides. And finally, man, the NBA bubble. I I have to say, I was skeptical at first, but th- this is absolutely terrific. This, this bubble basketball, I really like it. Because it's almost like pickup. You know, I had this conversation yesterday. It's almost like pickup where, you know, you have your team, you know, you play well, you keep going on, and then there's games like every day or every other day, and it's just very – it's quality television. It really, really is. And and the best series of the first round has definitely been the uh, Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks um, yesterday, notwithstanding, uh, because, um, yeah, the that that was a that was a beatdown yesterday. That that's called getting taken to the woodshed right there. One one fifty four one eleven. Paul George couldn't buy an outside shot. He couldn't really buy a shot. Period. And he bought a whole bunch of them on his way to thirty five points. Kawhi Leonard steady as always. Ho-hum, averaging 34 in the series because that's what robots do and that's what Kawhi Leonard does, and he's just ho-hum, another another 32 points, another 7 or 8 rebounds. He he has been absolutely terrific in this series. And and so has been Luka Doncic, and, you know, Luka being, you know, Luka not having the greatest uh, ankle right now because he's hurt right now, not, not having the greatest mobility. You know, yesterday notwithstanding, I mean, he he has been awesome in this series, and that's the series I care about. That that one, and um, Houston and Oklahoma. 
I mean, that that's a great series too. And my, and my thing is, wow, Houston. I mean, Houston really could have swept them. They, they were one play away on the game, the game Saturday. They were one play away from really going up three games to none. Uh, and then yesterday, I mean, and then Monday night, I mean, my goodness. How, you hit 23 threes and you lose. I, I, I mean, I, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. I, I really don't. So I think this might go six or seven. I said that on the NBA uh, prediction show. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think uh, some of the second round series, at least um, game one of the Celtics and Toronto starts tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned at the end of this podcast to get my prediction on that. Okay, that's uh, our look ahead or, you know, our recap of what's going on uh, in the world of sports. Um, also, uh, our condolences go out from this show to the family of Jacob Blake, guy who got shot uh, seven times um, in Wisconsin. I, I mean, you know, this is a sports show, but, you know, this is real life. I mean, the guy behind this microphone still is a young black kid in America, and he has to, and we have to be subjected to this, and it, it it's just going on with that, but, you know, th- this stuff just keeps happening, man. It's just really, really unfortunate that it does, and, you know, I, I, I just... I don't really know what you want us to talk to say anymore. Like we we've already told you that, you know, this is not okay. But this stuff still happens, man. Like it's just exhausting. Like we like I'm tired of looking at my white counterparts or non-black people, and you know they ask me about this stuff. It's like I don't know what the hell y'all want me to tell you because I I mean the the pictures speak a lot more than I could ever speak on this situation. And, you know, that this is, you know, I, I just hope he makes a full recovery because, you know, some of the details of, of this thing are just so sad and so mind-numbing. Um, I, I don't understand why. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why you're not doing better. I, I, I really, I don't know why. But some of you guys can and have done better. So, my public service announcement on this show is law enforcement, do better. Because some of us are tired of seeing people that look like us getting shot, getting killed, getting beat down, unarmed, and for really no reason at all. I'm sorry. It just, it just, it just need, it's, it needs to stop. It really does. Our, our condolences go out to Jacob Blake. Uh, hopefully, wishing you a speedy recovery, my friend, uh, from the Always 100 podcast. All right, let's take a break, and we'll get into the NFC West right after this. Welcome back into the Always 100 podcast live on Anchor FM. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, just a programming note, we are 
Uh, August 26th, that leaves us, what, 18 days, I think? 18 days until the NFL season? We were we were at 21 last week, so yeah, we're at about 17, 18 days to the, to the start of the NFL season. Also, that means uh, fantasy football's back. Uh, our draft is September the 2nd, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, debating whether to do a show on that. It might might be a little too long. I'm not sure. Um, I'll keep you guys updated on my social media if I do a show on that. I also uh, want to tell you guys that the regular football show uh, will be moving back to its normal time on Thursdays. Uh, so starting September 10th, we're going to be back at it uh, every Thursday night ahead of Thursday night football. Uh, me, uh, Uncle Trevor, Mom, uh, a couple of other guests here and there. Uh, we're going to uh, break down the week, that week in the NFL. I'm probably going to start getting into sports gambling because I'm talking to some friends about that. Um, Gambit DC is a new app, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and check that out. But since I live in Maryland, I, I don't know, I might have to, if I do want to do something, probably have to put the bet in dc but um you know other than that uh just trying to change it up a little bit uh definitely gonna have more of a gambling angle this this year uh for some of the games as well but it's gonna be a lot of fun so check that out starting september 10th uh thursday uh, ahead of chiefs texans and every thursday until the end of football season of the always 100 football podcast me mom Uncle Trevor, special guest, and a really good time. I cannot wait. We're about 18 days away from that show taking place. Okay, NFC West. Let's get into this here. NFC West. Um, one of the more intriguing div- divisions in football. Um, I don't think any of the teams in that division are sorry. I really, really don't. I, I don't think that... You can't you can't look down at any of those teams and think this team is just terrible and they're going to be terrible all year. Um, you know, obviously the favorites are Seattle and San Francisco for obvious reasons. Uh, San Francisco, you got the de- defending conference champions, a team that quite frankly should have won the Super Bowl if Jimmy Garoppolo played three percent better in the fourth quarter, they probably win the championship, but. You know, when you go 3-for-11 for 36 yards against a supernova, the likes of Patrick Mahomes, well, you might not win a lot of ball games doing that. And that's what happened to the 49ers. The Seahawks, I mean, this is Russell Wilson or bust. And, and luckily for Russell Wilson, he's got some guy named DK Metcalf who is just – wow. He, he is awesome. DK Metcalf is awesome. I really like him a lot. But where we're going to start is the Arizona Cardinals, because I think the Arizona Cardinals, quite frankly, are the most intriguing uh, team in that in that division and might be one of the more intriguing teams in that conference, period. And here's the reason why. Uh, they went down to Houston. They got on the phone, the general manager for the Cardinals, and he called Bill O'Brien and said, um, I, I want um, – I, I want – uh, I want uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'll give you a third-round pick. I'll give you David Johnson. 
maybe a paint can and a ham sandwich. Bill O'Brien, who was a terrible GM, said, yes, great. Let's get DeAndre Hopkins out of Houston. So I'll take your paint can, your ham sandwich, and David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. Now he gets to be paired up with Larry Fitzgerald, who is a living legend, a guy that, quite frankly, we already know he's going to the Hall of Fame, and all we need, and he he's one of those people, and I, I got tears for these people. Hey, he's one of those where you just waive the exemption, just get rid of him, just get get rid of it. It's it's not it's not it's not worth it's not worth having to wait five years. He's going into the Hall of Fame. If he retires the Monday after the season ends in January, that Friday he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's how great he is. So you get you get two guys that just never drop the football on the same team. Now you got Kyler Murray, who I, I like. I like him. Um, I like his mobility. He's got a pretty good arm, actually. Yeah, he's a little short, but... You know, his mobility and his feet and how he gets out of trouble. And, you know, he, he led a team with a very bad offensive line. And, you know, they won more games than I think people thought they would win. They had, like, the number eight pick in the draft, I think. Um, I think think they drafted Isaiah Simmons, I'm pretty sure, with that pick. So, it was a very good pick on the defensive end of the, of the ball. And, you know, that's really where my question mark comes for the Arizona Cardinals, and it's just defensively because you got Chandler Jones, who's a monster. He had he had what nineteen and a half sacks, twenty sacks, something like that last year. He was absolutely terrific, and Bill Belichick is probably still regretting letting this guy go because what he's doing in Arizona. I mean, he he's one of the best defensive ends in football every single year, and he has been ever since he stepped foot into that stadium. Um. But, you know, it, my thing is the Cardinals, yeah, you're going to play a harder schedule now. You might, you, you got to play Russell Wilson twice a year. You got to play, um, you got to play the San Francisco 49ers twice a year. You got to play the Rams twice a year. We're going to see very early on whether the Arizona Cardinals are for real because I think the offense is going to be upgraded because when you have a three time first team all pro, to go along with a guy that's made 14 or 15 Pro Bowls in his career, played in NFC Championship games, played in the Super Bowl, which my mom, if mom was on the show, mom would say Arizona should have won. Um, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where uh, the Cardinals are poised to take a step forward, and with that extra playoff spot, I looked, I looked to them to be one of those dark horse teams to get maybe that six or seven spot maybe taking away uh, a playoff spot for the team from the team in the NFC East or the NFC North um, or, or even the NFC South because you because you got three teams in that in the South that can make the playoffs you got two teams in the NFC East that can make the playoffs you got a couple teams in the NFC North that are really poised uh, that they have teams to make the playoffs so you know I, I look for Arizona to be more in the wild card race. I, I I don't think they're gonna they're good enough just yet to dethrone the 49ers or dethrone the Seahawks. But I have really high expectations for the Cardinals because of the trade and because of what I saw last year. We played a lot of tough games. They played the Saints pretty. 
They play the Saints okay for a, for a half. They play the 49ers tough both times. They play Seattle tough. Uh, at least in Seattle, they played them really tough up there. So I think with all that being said, if the defense takes a step forward, Kyler Murray takes a big step forward with DeAndre Hopkins with a good running game there. I think Kenyon Drake still still is there for them. Uh, if they do some of those things, I expect Arizona to be uh, right in the thick of it in the NFC wildcard race in 2020. The Rams might be in last place and win about eight or nine games because that, that's how solid that division is. Uh, but the Rams have got a whole bunch of cap problems. They got Jared Goff signed up for $110 million. He's not going anywhere. You got Jalen Ramsey, who you play, paid a first and a fourth for him. He wants his money. You got Aaron Donald on a six-year deal that was well-deserved, by the way. Um, you had Brandon Cooks on the books, but he, he got he got dealt. Uh, he got he got traded to Houston. I'm pretty sure. So you get him off the books, um, and let Bill O'Brien take that contract uh, from the Los Angeles Rams. But for me, I just think the Rams missed their opportunity to be a Super Bowl champion and and a dynastic or could have been a dynastic team because you know when you when you pay all these people a lot of money like the Rams have done. Um, your window closes up really quick. Um, and then, you, you know, you, you lose out on Todd Gurley, uh, you know, because Todd Gurley, I mean, he, I think he's a really good back. He's one of the top five, top ten backs in football when he's healthy. But um, the Rams let him go because this guy can't stay on the field ever. He's always hurt. He's got arthritic knees. I mean, you know, and the Rams are just like, Hey, dude, I understand that when you're healthy, you're worth $60 million. But you're never on the field. So we got to get rid of you because we got to get somebody that's going to stay healthy. And the guy they get to replace him, or at least try to replace him anyway, is Cam Akers, uh, the running back from Florida State. So I want to I see how he does in Sean McVay's system. But speaking of Sean McVay, I mean, hey, man. We we got to see if people got the book on you. That that's that's what I want to see. Do people have the book on you, or can you innovate and make Jared Goff better? Because Jared Goff two years ago was in the MVP discussion when they went to the Super Bowl. Okay, but last year he took a step back. You know, partly because of injuries to his offensive linemen, but partly because I just think he took a step back. I just you know I I don't think that. You know, he, he played very well. I mean, I, I remember the game against the Dallas Cowboys or late, later that year, late in the year last year. I mean, he was he was not very good at all. He he was really bad, and the Rams lost 44-21. to 21. So, you know, it, it, it was 44-7 to 7 at one point in that game. So, you know, that, that was not a real good game for the Rams. But, you know, they got some talent on that team, especially defensively. You know, yes – Lose out of Roby Coleman. He's with the Eagles now, but you still have Aaron Donald, who's a top five player in the National Football League and one of the best defensive tackles in the National Football League. Um, he, he He's not the problem. Robert Woods, I like Robert Woods. I like Cooper Cup. Higby, I like. You know, he he's a guy that, you know, I, I see, you know, on fantasy too. He, he's a good fantasy player if you're on uh, looking for a good tight end. Tyler Higby has produced 
uh, for them. Robert Woods, like I said, Cooper Cup. So, I mean, the Rams have some talent on that team. I just think for me, I just I just think that the division is a lot tougher, I guess, than you know it was the last couple years. So the Rams just by default might not really be a bad team, but I mean, just because of the division that they're in, you know, they, they might regress and take take a step or two backwards, but you know, I think because they're playing in the same division with the Seahawks and the 49ers, I mean, I, I just think for me, they're going to be, um, there might be third or fourth depending on the Cardinals because just because of the division that they play in. And that's unfortunate because, you know, last place in that division could mean eight and eight, could be nine and seven, and the Rams could potentially anyway be, you know, in the in the wild card hunt in the NFC. But they're going to have a big test week one opening up SoFi Stadium on Sunday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys. And that's another team that I think that, you know, the Cowboys could really be a team that I think that can make not only win the NFC East, but they really could contend for a playoff spot as well. So the Rams are starting off their season with a very tough test with Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry Jones going to Los Angeles to open up that new stadium. So we will see very early uh, with the schedule that the Rams are playing um, if they are for real or if this experiment needs to get blown up. The Seattle Seahawks, I'll say the 49ers right to the end. And for me, the Seattle Seahawks is very simple to me. It's Russell Wilson or it's nothing. I mean, I appreciate Bobby Wagner. He's he's a great player. I, I appreciate him a lot. One of the best linebackers in football. I appreciate Chris Carson. I appreciate DK Metcalf and you know the the non-existent tight ends that Russell Wilson throws to every single year, making these guys better. But Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football. If he's not the best, he's no he. He's not the best because I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in football right now. But for me, Russell Wilson's going no lower than three or four. Um, you know, he you might you might put him ahead of Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson third, and, and then put Deshaun Watson after him. Um, but what Russell Wilson keep continue continues to do in the Pacific Northwest is just be great. Take a team that nobody thinks anything of, doesn't know half the half the skilled players on that team, and then left and right, what what don't you know, they're in the playoffs every year or they're contending for the playoffs every year. And last year they were in the playoffs. But my problem is with the Seahawks has always been the coach. And the fact that sometimes that the Seahawks get too cute and games they need to win, take a look at the NFC West Championship game last year in Seattle against the 49ers, you're first and goal at the one yard line, and you take a you take a stupid delay of game penalty. You're at first and goal at the one. 49ers defenders. You know, it, it's just one of these things where, you know, I, I just want to see what happens here with the Seahawks because I think they should be a pretty good team. They could they 
always contend for the division championship. So that I, I'm not all that concerned about. But Russell Wilson ain't getting any younger. Pete Carroll's not getting any younger. When are y'all when are y'all gonna win something in the playoffs again? I mean, I, I understand you won the wild card game. We 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 appreciate that. But I you know, I, I don't you know, it is what it is. I just think until Seattle gets back to the Super Bowl, the, the lasting memory of the Seahawks was Russell Wilson throwing a pass from the half-yard line that was intercepted on one of the dumbest calls in the history of sports, but also, at, in the same token, one of the greatest defensive plays in the history of the NFL under the circumstances. That's the lasting memory of the Seahawks for the NFC uh playoff picture. Um I think they they could be a top seed if they really if it breaks right, they could be a top uh two or three seed in the conference. So we we'll, we'll see what happens to the Seattle Seahawks. And lastly, that brings us to the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC West. Um and look the 49ers, hey, I look, at the end of the day, they're one of the top two or three teams in that conference. I have no there's no question about that. Uh their defense is terrific. They got they got good players. I think hopefully Debo Samuel is getting better if he's not already there yet. Hopefully Debo Samuel is getting better for them. Uh so he could be ready for opening day. I'm not not exactly sure what the status is on him. Uh, because he broke his foot uh, in July, I believe. So, you know, hopefully he'll be ready for opening day because he's a, a integral piece of that uh, offensive attack. Uh, but the 49ers, uh, George Kittle, for, to me, it's Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football, and George Kittle is right nipping at his heels. George Kittle got $75 million this this just a couple weeks ago from the 49ers and he he it's well deserved he's a great player he blocks he makes big plays um you know I, I i like it's moxie i like i like everything about george kittle i really really do i just prefer travis kelsey nothing against him um but that defense that that's the calling card of this team the defense is absolutely terrific Richard Sherman having a resurgence in San Francisco. You got Fred Warner. You got Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, who might have, if he wasn't defensive rookie of the year, I think he was. Um, he was in the running for defensive player of the year. Period. Um, he he had a he had a fantastic rookie season, causing havoc all over the place, making quarterbacks' lives miserable. Um, so. You know, and then also on the offensive side, they they get uh, Trent Williams in a trade with the Washington Redskins. So you have him getting getting dealt to the 49ers to protect Jimmy Garoppolo even more. Um, I think Seattle, uh, sorry, San Francisco is my favorite. But the one thing I need to see from them is, hey, is there a Super Bowl hangover? Because you had it, you had you done had a ten point lead in the Super Bowl. That you were going to win. And then all of a sudden you weren't winning anymore. And I I just want to see as far as Jimmy Garoppolo's concerned. 
hey man, you 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 missed Emmanuel Sanders. That's the that was the game winning touchdown. It just it was. He was wide open. He split two defenders and he overthrew him by six yards. He that I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't make it up. Like it's not anti Jimmy G. Like I I really I liked him, but the the national media. You know, because they want to take swipes at Brady and stuff. Always, always compare these these two, and I'm like, you know what? Tom has probably made some misses in his career because when you play as long as he have, he has. Yes, you're gonna miss. You're gonna miss players. He did that in the Super Bowl once. Tom did um, when he missed Wes Welker. I know. I know it hit him in the hands. I know it hit Wes Welker right in both hands. It was a little high. If he catches it, the Patriots win that Super Bowl. Period. End of story. They if they catch it, there if Wes Walker catches it, there's no Giants defender within 15 yards of him. And I want to see how Jimmy Garoppolo recovers and the 49ers recover because just like in the case of Tom Brady and the Patriots when he missed Wes Walker, it did end up costing them the Super Bowl. And the very next year, that Patriots team went to the AFC Championship game and lost to the eventual champion Baltimore Ravens. So I really do want to see how Garoppolo handles that, how he recovers, how the 49ers recover, because, you know, losing um, losing in the fashion that they did could really have a detrimental effect because it's not that you lost, it's how you lose that normally kills teams like, you know, the Patriots or with the Seattle Seahawks in the most recent example, or like for, you know, baseball purposes, like the Baltimore Orioles, there's, you know, the 2016 Orioles, or the way they lost in the playoffs, you know, that it, it had such a detrimental and psychological um, adverse reaction to that team that they went into a tailspin. Now, I don't think the 49ers will be going into a tailspin because – their team is just built to win now. They got a great coach. Like I said, you know, we, we already broke down Nick Bosa. We already broke down um, the running game of the 49ers. The 49ers have all the tools needed to get right back to the Super Bowl, even in a conference that is completely wide open. And that's the main, main storyline I want to see because if they want to get back to the Super Bowl, hey, man, you – you're gonna you're gonna have ample opportunity to do so, and you went 13 and three last year. You were the number one seed in the playoffs, and that really really helped. You know, it helped that you beat the Saints last year. Uh, so you have 80,000 people at Levi Stadium wearing your colors, cheering for you. You know that that really matters to the 49ers. So we'll see how it goes, but I think for them and for my money right now, uh, the best team in the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. We'll take a break and tackle the NFC West when we come back on the Always 100 Podcast. Welcome back to the Always 100 Podcast. We're going through the AFC and NFC West this week, and we have already broken down the NFC side, so let's go to the AFC West where, you know... Look, let's just be honest about this. It's the Chiefs' division until somebody takes it away takes it away from them. Um, let's just get this right out of the way. 
Um, we're going to start with the Chiefs, and it'll be like a three-minute segment on the Chiefs, or maybe like a 30-second segment. The Chiefs are really good. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs had a $500 million quarterback. The Chiefs have an all-time great coach. The Chiefs have a great tight end. The Chiefs have a like an Olympic track team at wide receiver. Yes, Damian Williams opted out, but they get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, I mean, that's not exactly a downgrade if you ask me. The Chiefs are just terrific. They're a terrific team. Um, they're going to win the division. I'm, I'm not even going to waste my time not holding out on that prediction. They're going to win the division by three games. On the defensive end, though, you know, the only question I have about them, I mean, they, they signed up Chris Jones for $85 million, so they, they shored him up. They they made sure he's not going anywhere, so they don't really have to worry about that. Um, the run defense was absolutely horrific last year. Um, that's the only thing I really want to see Kansas City really work on is that run defense. Um, but, I mean, to me, they're not going to have to worry about it until they get out of the AFC West. Because I just think everybody else is inferior to the Chiefs. They just have they they have the best team in the conference. They just do. They won the championship. Uh, they're better than the Ravens. They're better than the Patriots. They're better than anyone in their own division. They're better than Tennessee because they beat them for the championship in the in the AFC ch- championship game. They're better than the Houston. They're better than everyone. It really doesn't matter what 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 the Chiefs do because they have Patrick Mahomes and you don't. Period. Just the way it is. They have a supernova playing quarterback, so their defense can be average at best, and they'll probably get to the AFC Championship game, win about 12, 11 to 13 games a year for the next decade, probably go to maybe two or three Super Bowls. I'm not going to say they're going to pull a Patriot to go to like eight more Super Bowls in 20 years. I just don't see that because it's, it's just too hard. It's too hard to do that. Like, the, the Patriots, so the stuff the Patriots are doing will never happen again. So, I mean, yeah, if if Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, I think the Chiefs have a hell of a chance just to repeat as conference champions. I don't want that to happen because I root for a team, the AFC, that I, you know, and I don't want to root for the Chiefs. But, hey, um, look, Patrick Mahomes and this, and this team and Brett Veach, uh, a fantastic general manager for the Chiefs, hey, these guys have every right to beat their chests and everything, but hey, you're not the hunter anymore. People are going to give you your best shot. They're going to try and take out your best players. They're going to try and because they can't stop you, so they're going to try and take you out. That's how this works. But with all that being said, um, it's not going to matter in the AFC West. The Chiefs are the way superior team. Uh, that's why they're going to win the division, in my opinion, by at least two games, maybe three. Next up for me, uh, it's going to be the Denver Broncos. And, you know, Zias, you know, a guy, my cousin, a guy who comes on this show regularly, the football show anyway, he's a big Broncos fan. Um, look, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about the Broncos. Um, they're not what they once were uh, back in 2015. Chris Harris Jr. is not there anymore. Von Miller still is, and he's an absolute, he's absolutely terrific, uh, Von Miller. Um, but, you know, I just think for me, only thing I want to see from them is they lost a whole lot of close games, Denver. They, they lost about five or six games on the final possession. They lost, they lost at least two 
or two or three at least on the last second of the game well, with game-winning field goals, uh, by at least by Jacksonville and by the Chicago Bears for sure. I'm pretty sure they lost to the Colts on a last-second on a last-second possession as well. Um, so hey, I, I think the Broncos. The thing with Drew, the thing for me is Drew Locke. Um, haven't seen this guy play a whole lot. I mean, he played really well against the Houston Texans in the game that I did watch. Uh, threw about three or four touchdowns. Uh, definitely went down there and you know beat down the Houston Texans, which was very very impressive, uh, in my opinion. But um, but it starts and ends for me uh, with that offense. I think the defense will be okay. You know. You know, they, they lost a whole bunch of good players. Chris Harris Jr. is now with the Chargers now. But Von Miller's still there. And Von Miller has been wreaking havoc for a decade plus in the NFL. Um, so, for me, the Denver offense can be better than they were last year. I think they have a decent shot. And they, they might be able to contend for that seventh seed in the, in the conference. But I don't really see... Uh, they're going much further than that this year. Next on the list, the Oakland slash now Las Vegas Raiders. Um, hey, you know I, I mean it's a they're an intriguing team. They're an interesting team. I like John Gruden. Uh, Derek Carr is okay, but you know I'm not sure if John Gruden really likes him. But you know. <laughs> I like some of the pieces that the Raiders have. Um, Henry Ruggs is going to be pretty, pretty impressive for them. He's a speed guy. Looks like a four-two forty or something like that. Derek Carr throwing it down the field to guys like Darren Waller, and you got Josh Jacobs on the offensive side of the ball, who was very, very impressive in his rookie campaign. Um, I, I, I like the way he runs the ball, like his elusiveness. He's really strong too. So there, there's a lot to like about Josh Jacobs. Um, I just think for me, it's about Derek Carr and it's about that defense. The defense was terrible. The de- the defense couldn't stop anybody. They really, really couldn't. So that that's something that I need to see um, because I, it, the, the Raiders are just tough because they'll lose a lot of close games. They'll win some close games, but they'll be right around seven and nine. Eight and eight, I think. Um, the chief they can't, they never can beat the Chiefs really at all. So the Chiefs will have have their way with them. The Broncos had their way with them in one of the final games of the year, where the Raiders, if the Raiders had won, they would have a, had a shot at a playoff spot, but they lost, and they were they they got out of the playoffs on the very last week of the year. But they did have a shot to uh, be in the playoffs, which I did find very interesting um you know it's year three under John Gruden uh the the storyline is for me Derek Carr uh to see if he will be uh the quarterback for the future in Oakland they did get Marcus Mariota which okay (laughs) cool I guess you know okay (laughs) I I did you know it's not not really much to say there you know it's like a meh signing uh, so I mean we'll see what we'll see what happens. I, I I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the Las Vegas Raiders in 2020. 
And that finally takes us to the Los Angeles Chargers, who I also find a little intriguing uh, for multiple reasons. The first reason is they don't have Phillip Rivers anymore. He's now in Philadelphia, uh, in Indianapolis, excuse me, uh, quarterback in the Indianapolis Colts as their QB1. And Anthony Lynn, who's got to start winning at some point here, uh, has got his choice between Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, they bring over Chris Harris Jr. They dump Melvin Gordon and send him packing to the Denver Broncos. He goes for $8 million, $8 million a year to the Denver Broncos. Melvin Gordon does. Uh, but, I mean, the Chargers is a snake bit franchise. I mean, they, they, they lost close game after close game after close game after close game. I mean, it's just all the time. These guys can't buy a win in a one-possession game. I, I think there were 0-8 in one-possession games. They finished 5-11. They went about three or four of those during the playoffs. I mean, they, they, they couldn't buy. I, I, I'm telling you they couldn't buy a win. Close. I, but here, here's what I do like about them. I like the two big receivers, Keenan Allen, who doesn't get enough respect, Mike Williams, who's a great number two, high points the ball, could really go out and get – uh, get big catches for them. So I, I like those sorts of things. I like on the defensive side, Derwin, Derwin James comes back. I like Joey Bosa a lot. I mean, I liked him so much, I thought the Cowboys were going to take him and then have Zeke Elliott go somewhere else. But the Chargers took him at three. You know, he gets $125 million because it's well-deserved. He gets $135 million, excuse me, from the Chargers. It's well-deserved. He's a really good player. He will definitely live up to that contract, in my opinion. But the Chargers really, you know, until they win a close game, I, I can't trust them to be anywhere near the playoffs because these guys always lose. They, they just, they can't, I don't know what goes on. They, they find more incredible ways to lose games um, than any team in the league. Um, so, I mean, their ceiling for them, for me, is a wild card team. Because, I mean, look, because Kansas City's winning the division there, but, you know, they're going to have, you know, a decent schedule. So, that, you know, that we'll see how that schedule plays out and we'll go through you know, schedules and things during the during the season, you know, during the prediction show and everything like that. But, I mean, for me, they could be in that seventh spot, you know, con- contending with teams, you know, the sixth and seventh spot, contending with teams like the New England Patriots, like uh, Tennessee, like, like a Houston, like Indianapolis, like a Pittsburgh, Cleveland, you know. So, I, I think that, you know, if the if the ball drops in the Chargers' favor, they could be a playoff team because at some point, some of these close losses, you would think anyway, would have to go the Chargers' way because it this is an every year occurrence that the Chargers find incredible, incredibly un, <laughs> unfathomable and mind blowing ways to blow football games, but. That all that being said, Anthony Lynn's going to have to win, or he's going to get canned this year. I thought he was going to get canned last year, um, but hey, if he doesn't start winning, I don't think the brass up there uh, for the Chargers are going to wait around uh, for Anthony Lynn to figure it out. I think 
they're probably going to can him for who they think anyway will be a better head coach. And that ends this year's installment of the NFL Division Breakdown. After the break, we'll do some programming notes and we'll give you that prediction for uh, Raptors and Celtics. And you are listening to the Always 100 Podcast. Be back in just a sec. Welcome back into the Always 100 Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Once again, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on Anchor FM under the name Always 100 Podcasts. Uh, Feel free to like, listen, subscribe, and rate. Um, It does mean a lot. Uh, It shows me what I need to work on. And speaking of things we need to work on, uh, programming note, once again, uh, we're about, what, 17, 18 days away from the start of the football season. So, um, not exactly sure right now if I'm going to do a fantasy football draft show, uh, like what I live draft. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. Um, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I've, I haven't figured that out, but that's on the second for my group. And also uh, the football show, the weekly Thursday football show um, leading up to the NFL season. Thursdays has been kind of reserved for a baseball look ahead, maybe some basketball talk uh, thrown in there. It's like a mashup show. Uh, But uh, the football show, the regular weekly football show, will be back starting September 10th uh, for the Always 100 podcast. And it's me, my mom, Michael um, Trevor, and a bunch of special guests. A uh, good time. And, you know, it's the flagship show. It's the show that I look forward to every single week. Uh, and I cannot wait to keep uh, break that out for you guys from September to the beginning of February uh, for the NFL season. Um, hopefully that, that goes off without a hitch. Uh, real quick, uh, before we sign off for today, Celtics Raptors game one is Thursday night. Um, I could have done this tomorrow, but tomorrow's probably going to be baseball look ahead. So I'll just get the prediction right now. I got the Toronto Raptors in seven, right? You know what? I got I got them in six Toronto in six. Um, it's going to be a terrific series. Um, Toronto is finally starting to get some respect. Um, their bench the other night. I know it was against the Nets, but the bench the other night scored a hundred points off the bench. They scored a hundred and fifty points in their game four sweep. It was just amazing to watch. But I've been seeing some notes that you know they might some of these guys might be staging a boycott because of the social justice or the social injustice, quite frankly, that happened to Jacob Blake. Um, so we we got we got to keep you guys updated on that. But uh, if the series goes off without a hitch, which I think it will, um, I got the Toronto Raptors going to the Eastern Conference Finals for the second straight year and beating the Boston Celtics in what should be a hell of a series. Um, I got the Toronto Raptors getting it done six games against the Boston Celtics. All right, that ends this edition of the Always 100 Podcast. The show will be up uh, tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, We have a baseball look-ahead show to do, maybe tomorrow afternoon or Friday, so stay tuned for that. Uh, But until then, 
My name is Quinn McKenzie. You can follow me at QMAC24, two underscores on Twitter. That's where I post really all my sports opinions and content on the Orioles and the NBA and football and whatever else floats my boat. So check that out. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of the Always 100 Podcast. Stay safe, y'all, and see you soon.